What is going on, Bros of Discussion listeners? This is episode 35. And I know, I know you want to get on us. We're like, what's going on? Uh, this is uh, Monday, like we said, record. But Big Kev almost got his schedule um, right where he wants it to be so we can be regularly on this. So we do apologize. But today, we are recording right before Monday Night Raw. And so much action has happened on, on Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, in which we give a, a recap. But today, we want to start something different. What we haven't talked about, as everybody knows, the A&E documentaries have been coming out left, right. And last week was the great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And man, that documentary, I got to watch it again just because it was so good. And that's what I think we're going to start. What's going on with you, Big Kev? Let's let's tell these people what you're up to and get into this documentary of the great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I'm doing good, man. Uh settling in in my new establishments and uh hanging in there but yeah man uh a and e documentary series has been uh fantastic any anytime that a and e's production value meets the wwe um they always come up with some great shows some great uh you know good good content i should say uh when it comes to these now sometimes i feel like they, they hold back a little bit on things uh you know wwe got to be very careful what they put out I wish they would just kind of put down just a little bit more, but I mean, as a whole, man, they've been really good. Iron Sheik was last night. Um, I did not get a chance to watch that, but uh, I'm hoping to um, take a look at it this week so we can review it for next week. But yeah, absolutely, man. Dusty Rhodes uh, documentary was, was great. Um, of course, they talked about his death, which, you know, we don't really get to hear much about that. Um, so that was kind of uh, different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. I, you got to hear a lot from Dustin um, and you got to hear from Cody and, you know, his wife. And so they had a good mixture of people uh, that that were doing the interviews uh, on behalf of Dusty's life. A anything that stood out to you on this documentary that you did not know prior to or just found super interesting that they revisited? Um, maybe that. I forgot. I didn't know, but Dusty Rhodes, east side of Austin, Texas. He grew up basically what people would say our age in the hood with um, uh, Hispanics and, and African-Americans. And Dusty, you know, he was just one of the one of the guys that grew up in the hood of East Austin back in that time. I mean, East Austin was known, you know, not the best uh, area to live in. In the city of Austin, Texas, and how he just um, grew up, learned the different cultures of his environment. And when you look at Dusty Rhodes, or when I saw him, I never knew, I mean, that he had the physique, you know, because when we saw him in WWE, WCW, I mean, he's a big, hefty, hefty band, you know. And when you just look at the fact of that, he was a really, really good baseball player, which I didn't know. And that, you know, uh, he could have played at the next level and things like that. And how the character, you know, late in the, you know, was the 70s and 80s, how if Dusty Rhodes wasn't a sports entertainer, professional wrestler, he would have been one heck of a evangelist, that's for sure. And how he, he could just, was ahead of his time and just, want to tell the story more, you know, to the people. And, you know, everybody knows about the hard times promo, how that just captivated the audience. 
or when he says, I'm reaching out my hand to touch your hands, like you could be watching it, you know, with your family or by somebody. It looked like he was talking to you individually, like nobody else was in the room. And the way Dusty's vision was to tell a story, I mean, it's just amazing. Like, again, ahead of his time for sure. Yeah, with that diverse background, I think that really helped him to have that better understanding um, of the environments that he was in town to town. He could really relate to people. And uh, absolutely, man, he's a uh, unbelievable talent, um, crazy mad skills on the mic. And uh, he definitely made you believe. And I almost feel like he had like a presidential feel to him when he was cutting that promo. You know, my hand's reaching out, touching yours. And almost like that JFK-esque feel where, you know, people really love JFK and people really love Dusty. And uh, I think you're starting to see that a lot with Cody. Not so much Gold Dust, Dustin. Of course, those are different characters that he represented. But I'm starting to see a little bit of that type of feel towards the superstar that was Dusty now with Cody. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that, that um, I'm not ready to put him there because, again, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, even though it wasn't in WWE, he was the NWA world champion. So Dusty Rhodes did reach the mountaintop. You know, those stories with Harley Race and, of course, his great rivalry with the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and the Four Horsemen. And um, do I think Cody can get close to uh, – what Dusty Rhodes uh, meant to uh, an entire fan base. I think so. And what I learned from the documentary was like, sometimes us as a person, maybe not our generation, but some of the generations now, the self gratification, the instant, I want it now, I want it now versus the um, storytelling of chapter after chapter or like, you know, my my favorite um, trilogy, Lord of the Rings. I think it's the best trilogy ever. You know, you watch the first movie and you're invested. And are, are they movies long? To me personally, no. But to some people, it's long. But you just get invested into And then the second one, uh, The Two Towers, and then the third one with The King. And so it's, it's just like that. And I think that's what made Dusty so great was these rivalries took time to um, mature into what they were trying to say. And people were still on the edge of their seats. And um, I think sometimes us as professional wrestlers or fans, we want uh, the switch over of a champion really quick. And sometimes when they do something like that, it doesn't pan out and it, it, you phase out. And I think what they're doing with Cody is the right way to tell the story. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting he's going to be at Dusty's level, but I agree with you. I think he could be almost there um, in today's environment. But, uh, man, you're, it's it's hard to replace Dusty. Holy smokes, man. Well, but, when you think about it, I'll probably start, uh, yeah, go ahead. when you think about it, when you look back, you know, Dusty was trying to get in creative and things like that. He did it with uh, WC, or TNA, WCW, and then he basically was in charge of uh, – uh, FCW that turned to NXT and you saw how he was able to do all these things and you see his fruits of labor of all the stars that we got from you know like he says and it's going to be a bad impression but Al Charlotte says I love my divas 
You know, that's what Dusty would say. And what he's done with the women's division is phenomenal, but even with Seth, Roman, uh, Dean, I mean, just all these people that came up through NXT that are now superstars on the main roster is all because of Dusty Rhodes and his vision and how to help them tell a story and to find their character to make the fan engage and want to cheer or boo for that uh, uh, that uh, character that you're portraying. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the list goes on. Bailey, Becky, those ladies were working with Dusty as well. But you're talking about one of the greatest, I mean, if not the greatest, arguably, right, Ric Flair. He really elevated uh, Ric Flair with that feud that they had. And so, man, Dusty kind of sprinkled in and touched touched him a little of Ric Flair even. So, um, yeah, man, he's going to be – he's definitely missed now, but I think his legacy definitely will carry on, especially, like you said, with the current generation and current raw roster that he got to and SmackDown roster that he got to work with in NXT. Um, you know, hopefully that legacy just continues and continues. So yeah, we'll have to see um, how that all plays out. Um, and Roman, his top dog, the tribal chief is on top uh, still today. So I think we're going to see Dusty's effects for a long, long time still. Hey, did you get to see uh, check out Raw last week? Speaking of Cody, uh, you with Brock Lesnar accepting his uh, backlash challenge. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, we talked about this. I thought maybe we would get Cody to still play in the bloodline role and storyline, but uh, looks like there's a pit stop with Brock freaking Lesnar uh, at Backlash. Did you just ask me if I watched Monday Night Raw? What well, I know Brock? you did. What but did it, I tell you? My favorite day of the week is Monday. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but the only reason is because I get to watch my favorite show. Monday it just night sounded Raw. organic to lead up to the question. Of course you watch it all, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, this is this is good um, booking in, in my view because Brock really, after the Omos fight, was like, what do you do with them next? And Brock is a face. Yeah, sometimes he is funny. But he is just better as a monster. And to give uh, the tribal chief Roman Reigns, since he does have a limited schedule, to just rest. And fans will be invested in this because of that beatdown that he gave Cody Rhodes um, in the main event uh, before they fought, they were supposed to fight Roman Reigns and Solo Sakai. I mean, they look like old Brock Lesnar, the one that just came to destroy and and leave and I like Cody's promo where he said is he scared of Brock Lesnar's like yes but I want to fight you and that just shows um, you know again like we talked about the David and Goliath a story that even though Cody um, seems outmatched outmuscled um, and just um, not having a prayer to slay the beast Brock Lesnar it's getting the fans to be like, come on, Cody. Um, we got to take care of this uh, roadblock um, in Brock Lesnar for you to still finish your story. Because in my opinion and others, I think uh, he will win the world championship at SummerSlam. But that's way down the road. We still have a couple of live events. But yes, I am loving this. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Backlash in Puerto Rico. I'm sure this will be the main event. 
So with that said, you're thinking Cody at SummerSlam winning the title. You don't think this could be dragged out and Cody revisiting the championship title next year's WrestleMania at WrestleMania 40 in, in Philly? Um, you're switching Brock Lesnar back to the hill. He just beat Omas and Cody lost to Roman. Do you not think he gets put back to the end of the line, if you will, especially because he made such a run coming back? after beating Seth a few times last year and coming back from the injury, getting the rumble, do you think just adds on to the story or you truly feel Cody's going to get that SummerSlam match uh, with Roman? I mean, I think, I think it adds to the story because you could, you could even tell whenever he was in the ring before um, they uh, suggested a tag match that when he said rematch, the crowd went wild. Like WrestleMania was a great, premier live event but if you're looking at the main event cody i think uh, if, if this was boxing he would have more points and like he had him he had him and if it wasn't for solo sokoa doing the the samoan spike I, I think cody wins and i think that's what a lot of people think that cody wins and i think that's just the, the payoff um, in my booking, uh, because if Roman does go all the way to 40, the fans are going to probably switch from Cody to Gunther, in my opinion. And yeah. I, I think you need to have Cody win the title and then have him separated somewhere down the road. Because if Roman's going to be on a schedule that he is right now, it's it's not good for any brand, SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, I think the WWE's got a good situation. It's a good problem because you could even create the story back with Brock and finish that chapter because you got to remember last SummerSlam, you know, it took the whole bloodline to, to defeat Roman Reigns. So Brock didn't lose one-on-one -on -one cleanly against Roman. And I say this could be a, a good story because you still got Paul Heyman in the background. This could be a situation where Brock and Paul Heyman potentially could reunite. And now you got Paul Heyman backstabbing Roman. I'm just saying this could be a possibility. I'm not saying it is, but it's a good way you can go down either path right now. So, I mean, it's a good problem for the WWE. Uh, speaking of backstabbing, man, what's up with uh, my girl, Trish Stratus? Holy smokes. Uh, turning on Becky Lynch, your girl, big time Bex. Yeah. I mean, I'm still giving myself two points. I was just wrong on the on the uh the time she's gonna do it. Uh yeah, Trish Stratus is great as a heel. And I, I was laughing. I don't know if you caught Friday Night SmackDown, but basically the Karen group and Sonia Deville and Chelsea Green are like, How do we have a title change when Lita gets injured and you just uh, insert Trish uh to defend the titles and I was stumped because I'm like, she does have a point there. Um, and of course, they make fun of Adam Pierce because he's in charge. I don't think they're going to take the titles off uh, Raquel and Liv, but I am interested to see why Triz did this. I think she will come out tonight and possibly say that um, you should have picked me instead of Lita as your partner, and that's why she did what she did. But again, Trish is great as a heel, and I'm sure Becky Lynch will uh, fight her down the road if it's not at uh, Puerto Rico backlash. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what she's got to say tonight. 
yeah, I know we don't have a whole lot of time to go over completely everything, but man, how cool is our girl Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan? I know you love you love Liv too, uh, being the tag team champions. I mean, this is this is a great start for Raquel to really um you know really ascend and take off. Like we we know she's gonna be a big star. This is this is a good spot that they got to tag titles. Don't you don't she great? Yeah, I think it I think it's great. I mean, I I see that she's cupping. Which I heard some people like doing that, supposed yeah. to help different things. But yeah, no, I think it's great because if it's going to go the route that you have said a couple of months ago with uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey uh, going after the titles, you need to have somebody strong on the other team to help that. Because again, Liv is crazy, but to mix power with uh, the likes of Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, I think this is a great opportunity uh, for them to have a a good story run with uh, them if they are the number one contenders down the road. And of course, as you know, uh, you know, Ronda, Ronda Rousey is still not cleared uh, for competition. And so this kind of, this is a good spot to put the straps, if you will, the belts on uh, Raquel and live until uh, Ronda, get, Ronda gets cleared and her and Shane Baszler can go after him. Uh, that's going to be a good match. I, I'm looking forward to that tag team match. And that's a different unique duo with Raquel and, and, and Liv. So I like that. Um, but Hey, let's go back to raw. It looks like we're getting uh, this renewed uh, title defense for the United States title with Austin theory and the almighty Bobby Lashley. Uh, do you like this as this might be renewing as a rival or um, do you think this needs to go separate ways now? I think they're just doing something uh, at the moment, because again, we still don't know what's going on with Bray. If if he's still really truly has a physical illness or what, but I think that would have been a great storyline. But you have to put uh, the Almighty Bobby Lashley in something. I mean, he's just too big of a star not to be in in a title hunt or feuding with somebody. I mean, I was real impressed with him and Bronson Reed. I mean, I, I enjoyed both of them uh, going at it. And um, you need Austin Theory to defend his title because he is a champion. So I think this will be good. I don't know um, if you take the strap off him yet because, I mean, he's just coming off his win off John Cena. So I think you're sitting there to build him to be a dominant U.S. champion. Uh, so maybe somebody comes in like a Bronson Reed to help uh, Austin Theory to retain the title or something that causes Bosby Lashley to get screwed out of it uh, tonight. Hey, somebody that makes a return, we're going to skip over to SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura. Of course, we saw him at the Hall of Fame in the background and with the great mood of being inducted. Uh, but he gets here in action. He defeats Madcap Moss on uh, SmackDown. Uh, I love to see Shinsuke Nakamura uh, back. He, he is entertaining, and he gives you that international diversification that um, only WWE can bring you. Um, and it looks like we're set up for a carrying cross versus Nakamura. And these guys have had history uh, with one another uh, in the past. So this might be a good positioning here for even carrying cross. Cause I feel like something's missing with that cat and um, having Shinsei coming back, this might put carrying cross back on the map in the sense of, uh, you know, mid card to upper mid card range. Um Thoughts on that, or do you disagree? It's not going to be Karen Cross, or do you think where where Shinsuke Nakamura? Where does he fall in for you? 
Um, yeah, with Shinsuke coming back, um, I think we need to see what they can do with him. Um, I don't know if I like the whole carrying cross thing because he says the same thing and no knock on him, or maybe it is, but TikTok. I mean, that's what he always says. And and I I don't know if I like this character. It like I do agree with you, it is missing something. I I am intrigued to see um if they're gonna make Mad Cat Moss a heel since Emma's always a good heel and he did lose to Shinsuke in Shinsuke's return match and this past Friday. But yeah, I, I'm I'm still scratching my head on this, but I truly don't think WWE knows what to do with Shinsuke yet because um he's been gone for a minute. Uh, it seemed like the fans were invested. Maybe they're trying to see if they'll be invested in him going against Karrion Cross, but I don't know. I, I'd like to see Shin uh, be a heel again because I enjoyed his stuff uh, whenever he was going after the the WWE Championship again when AJ was the champion. I really like that. So I, I'd prefer to see him go um, heel just to see what they could do, but we'll have to wait and see. If he does uh, fight um, Mr. Karrion Cross, TikTok. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Karrion Cross. I'm with you, but uh, Shinsuke, I am. And, you know, speaking of Mad Cat Moss, uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I would like to see him as a hill. I think he'd make a great hill. Uh, he's got a good look. I think he's just, you know, I think we're missing something there for him. I think he that would help him uh, get into. Uh, some more matches and elevate his character because you know we got a lot of good good faces um somebody that's kind of on the up and up and i really want to get your take on this because i'm not sold on this whatsoever but we get xavier woods defeating la knight with a roll-up and then all of a sudden he gets a backstage altercation with gunther uh, setting up a future intercontinental championship match uh, what do you think about woods here man um this could be his somewhat break because he's been playing the role and putting in his time and efforts. Maybe this is just kind of a, throwing a bone at him. Uh, but man, Guthrie is just going to smash Woods in the end of the day. Is this show showing just a kind of getting getting by until we get to a uh, SummerSlam match uh, for Gunther? Or what's up with Woods? Yeah, yeah I think it's like a one-off because you know Biggie uh, still hasn't been cleared, you know, uh, uh, from that broken neck. And Kofi's injured, and there's really nothing for Xavier Woods to really do. I mean, you say New Day rocks, and you know fans can like him, but no disrespect uh, to Xavier Woods. But I think it's fan favorite Kofi, Biggie, and then Xavier Woods. Exactly. And so they just need to do something because Xavier Woods is going to be a mid card to maybe lower card. Uh, talent and that's just because um uh he's never been wwe champ i mean he's a good worker but at the same token it's like um uh, remember watching um fighting with my family the page movie it's there's some wrestlers that are there to make the stars look better and i believe that's what xavier wood is even though he does have a phd degree he's there to make your superstars look like a million bucks and take the L. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I know me and you are not knocking him whatsoever because, I mean, you are entertaining. 
He's got his up, up, down, down gig on the side. He's been part of one of, if not the six, most successful New Day factions um, in a in a long time. But you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, Big E and Kofi, you know, you're going to talk about them when it comes to the New Day than Xavier Woods um, when it comes to that. But It's like this. And again, like I said, some people are probably going to think we're knocking. It's like um, definitely <clears> – <throat> Big E and uh, Kofi could go in the Hall of Fame on their own merit by themselves. Um, but Xavier Woods will get in the Hall of Fame if they do the New Day together, just like X-Pac got in with DX and the NWO. I mean, he was a good worker, but, I mean, after everything says it done by himself, he wouldn't get in the Hall of Fame. So that's yeah. – That's unfortunate, yes. man, because I, I do – I think X-Pac could get in by himself compared to Xavier. We had to choose one. But he did so much for the division, and and yeah. So, but I agree with you as a whole. I understand where you're going with that. Um, where I don't know what's going on is what are, what's going on with the SmackDown and Raw Championship Tag Team Belts coming on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and we're getting the Usos uh, back in there. What are we doing with the belts? Are we are we letting the Usos get the belts back? And now we're having Kevin and Sammy maybe split, maybe do a little. We're going to get into the draft here soon. Um, but what's your what's your take? It's going to happen here with this storyline. Well, I didn't ask you this off off air because I wanted to get your take on it and your genuine thoughts. But we had talked about them going to Saudi Arabia for King and Queen of the Ring. Well, that's been scrapped, and now it's called the Night of Champions um, in Saudi Arabia. Well, word going on in the dirt sheets and on the streets is, as everybody knows, Sami Zayn is not allowed there. So are you going to have a night of champions but not defending the Undisputed Tag Team Championships? So a lot of people are speculating that the bloodline, the Usos, will uh, will um, win the undisputed tag team title match at the event that you're going to in Corpus Christi, Texas in two weeks, sir. Oh, SmackDown. Yeah, SmackDown's coming to Corpus Christi at the American Bank Center uh, April 28th. That, that's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, supposedly I've read reports that Saudi Arabia has no issues with the WWE undisputed tag team champions KO and Sami Zayn, but um, obviously Sammy and his values and things of that nature, um, it's different. So we'll just have to see you to stay tuned, man. It's going to be fun with that. Um, speaking of, we got the, we got the draft coming up and like you said, that's going to be coming up, uh, at, at Corpus. Uh, I wanted to get your take on just a few names. We have about 48 people. I, I looked and listed on SmackDown and Raw's roster, um, but any anybody that just maybe just a few um, that are currently on Raw that you would move to SmackDown, and then vice versa. What are some SmackDown superstars you would move to Raw? If you can give maybe let's do three, uh, just three at the top of your head that you're like, you know what? If he moved to or if she moved to SmackDown or if he or she moved to Raw, uh, this might be a good change of scenery for him. Well, I'm gonna steal one for you because I know you've been foaming at the mouth, but. Woo! Charlotte Flair on the red brand Monday Night Raw. Because I know you've been dreaming of that match between her 
and uh, Bianca Belair uh, just foaming at the mouth. Uh, you know I, it. I would take her as my first pick. Uh, second pick, I think um, uh, possibly Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he's had his most success in SmackDown. I'd like to see him go back to SmackDown. And for my third pick, I would like to see um, the Judgment Day move to SmackDown because Rhea Ripley's there. Or maybe there since she's a SmackDown champion. Yeah, I like I like those picks for sure. Um, I think uh, Dolph Ziggler's, of course, not being utilized much. Maybe that could give him some breath of fresh air. Um, got a veteran that can work uh, his butt off. And so that would be a great spot. I was going to say the Judgment Day, and that's a good pick, but I think I like to see Damian Priest just go um, and let him really take off as an individual. I, I don't know what we're getting with Judgment Day and what the future holds for them, but it feels like with all those losses and Rhea uh, Ripley's been winning, I think it could be time for Dominic and, and Rhea to go separate ways and let Rhea focusing on her title and let Dominic really branch off and and keep moving forward. So if I had a pick, I'd like to see Damian Priest move on to SmackDown as an individual um, and see where that leads him. Uh, another person I think that would be good for some change is Chad Gable. Uh, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and he's been such a great workhorse for them on Raw. I mean, he's always in a match uh, Monday night after Monday night. And, you know, him and Otis, you know, Otis with the uh, – the models and things of that nature, this could help elevate both of them. I know you talked about Otis is, is kind of like the one that needs to uh, really erupt as like a big monster. And you were real high on his WrestleMania performance, but that would allow Otis too to kind of branch off and let them split and go different ways to. Or to some people, Otis. Otis, that's right, Otis. And who's uh, your third one? Yeah, so man, just looking at it, I'm going to go with the girl because I want to make sure I you know show some love to them. Um, and I think I'm going to go with, hmm, I guess I'm going to go with, you know what, let's, let's move Bailey back to SmackDown. I like to see Bailey back there. I would have said Candice LeRae or Chelsea Green and just kind of, but, um, I feel like Bailey would be a good one. Another one would be Asuka too, uh, just because with Fox, it is a na national televised show in a sense of, you know, it's not on cable, uh, like Raw is. And Oscar could give you some more diverse uh, branches uh, reaching out. Uh, so I, I'm Bailey or Oscar. That's kind of a toss up to me on those two girls. Um, yeah, solid picks, solid picks. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I believe the draft starts and then it's two two weeks and then Raw. Is that correct? Is that how the draft's working? That's that's how that's my interpretation of it too. Uh, what about you for SmackDown? If you had to pick three. Or you, or you did Charlotte to Raw. My bad. It, I was thinking current Raw rosters on a SmackDown, but um, you yeah, I said her. I said her, Dolph Ziggler, and the Judgment Day. They're all on Raw. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's still Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair's current yeah. on SmackDown. That's right. Yeah. Raw. There you go. You could you give me maybe one or two that are on SmackDown, and you would um, you would move them to Raw. Besides I Charlotte. Would move I would move Butch to Monday Night Raw and change his name back to Pete Dunn. Yes. That's one of my that was one of my picks too. I agree with you, man. I think um I think he does need to go uh over to Raw and 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 kind of you know branch out on his own again. 
Well, yeah, because when he was the bruiser weight, I mean, that was popular among the fans. Oh, man. And, and he's been elevated. Sheamus has done a great job elevating those guys, and it's time to branch him off, man, for sure. Uh, anybody else that you could think of that you would maybe throw on uh, Raw from SmackDown? Uh, not yet, but uh, eventually, uh, of course, Raquel. But since they're the champs, they can go wherever. So if I couldn't pick her, then I would have to pick... Um, I would probably uh, pick Shinsuke. I mean, he's he's been on SmackDown for a while, and I would just pick him since he's back, put him back on the Raw brand. Um, and if you were moving Asuka over there so that Fox could have um, uh, an Asian um, superstar and just like Raw could, so you could have both. But yeah, I would move Shinsuke to, to Raw. And you got a lot of diversification. And I'm, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. <clears throat> I'm going to move Drew McIntyre over to Raw. I don't really want to see Sheamus back over there. And Gunther is so hot right now. Keep him on SmackDown. Uh, that's a lot of diver diversification right there with just those three guys. So I, I'd like to maybe see McIntyre. i like to throw McIntyre out there um, as a possibility going over to Raw. Someone that's a veteran. Someone that they can uh, easily insert, you know, big storylines with, you know, because he's a main eventer. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. So, well, cool, man. Well, hopefully we'll start seeing the fruits of our picks uh, coming up because uh, that's going to be coming down the pipe. And Triple H made it sound like this is going to be a very big draft. So I'm kind of curious what's going to be in store as a whole. And I'm sure yeah. we're going to get some NXT influence in there. That would be amazing. But let's take a break. And then when we come back, I want to get your take on Matt Riddle coming back. And then – about a storyline that's happening on Monday Night Raw tonight to see what your thoughts are. So we're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be back on Brothers of Discussion. And you'll be like. Hey, so we're back with Brothers of Discussion. And Fanboy Dave, you had a question for me, didn't you, before we left? Yeah, I was wanting to get your take on Matt Riddle coming back um, and get your thoughts. I mean, we haven't seen him, and. A very long time. I think it was like last time we saw him was in December. And, you know, he's finally back. And, um, and of course, he has uh, beef with Solo and the Bloodline. And I just want to get your take on how they're just jumping him into uh, that story. Yeah, I, I like how he's inserting himself with Solo uh, here. Because uh, with his UFC background and his Solo being a tough Samoan, uh, I like the physicality that these two guys will bring. I think that's what the, he needs because when Riddle came back, I think, you know, everyone was kind of excited, but I almost think, I wouldn't say it hurts him, uh, but being away, I think it, it kind of lost his luster as far as, you know, that cool, chill bro with Randy Orton. And of course, you know, Orton's been hurt. Um, and Riddle was, man, he was, he was moving on up. And then, you know, he had that setback and um, him coming back. Um, yeah. All right, because the big giant wheel is going to keep turning, and that's WWE, and they've been doing such a phenomenal job storyline-wise that putting Riddle in, it doesn't really excite me. I don't know about you, but it doesn't really excite me like crazy, but I do, again, I'm not knocking it or whatever, being trying to be negative, but um, but I do am starting to regain some uh, excitement with this Solo and Riddle combination here, for sure. Yeah, I think the thing that I noticed right off the back 
he's not saying too much on the mic or just sometimes he will ramble and then Randy had to bring him back in, reel him in. And it's more like he's getting down to like just being a fighter and not being like the bro, 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 this and that, you know, and he's just showing that um, he means business because the bloodline took him out and he was out of action for a while. And um, the match between Solo and him was pretty decent, even though he didn't get the win. Um, I think that um, they could uh, grow on that um, more if they choose to. Yeah, somebody that won't be coming back is uh, Big Time Bex, man. She uh, posted tonight that she's not going to be uh, on Raw. Uh, supposedly there's a minor injury involved. Uh, what do you know about this? Uh, you know, Big Time Bex, the, the man would be there. I think um, Trish Stratus hurt her a little bit. Um, I'm hearing there was a foot issue. Um, that could be the case. Because, you know, Big Bad is always ready to knock people's head off. That's always she says in her promos. And um, hopefully it's not too serious of a injury if it's foot or anything related. Because um, I do think that they do want to have her against Trish um, coming up. If it's not going to be on Raw, then, of course, probably in Puerto Rico. But I think that's a match that people would love to see. Big Time Bex versus Trish. And let's just hope that can happen if big time Bex isn't uh, injured severely. Hey, somebody that is on raw tonight is a possibly new storyline that we had talked about. And that is the judgment day and the bloodline that you just told me over the break. Uh, this happening wrong raw right now. Uh, did, are they a, a minute late? Are they a minute early on this storyline here? Um, I think it's, I think it's on time because um, it's been Cody, the Usos, and KO against the Bloodline, Matt Riddle. This this could be something good because I don't know if uh, you saw Friday Night SmackDown because I know you've been really busy, but did you uh, see when Paul Heyman was like, the Tribal Chief is getting sick and tired of both of you, and he was looking at the Usos – and not looking at uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to put something like that. I mean, I'm sure fans are thinking that Solo is going to turn on his brothers if the Tribal Chief tells them to take them out because they are not doing uh, what they're supposed to do and be dominant as being in the bloodline. Um, so if, yeah, the Judgment Day is coming out to face the bloodline and the Judgment Day does somehow defeat the bloodline, that just is going to make Roman Reigns even more angry at Jimmy and Jay. So, but I, I think, I think it's great uh, to have these two factions fine going out because you are big on Damien. And in my opinion, if Jay's going to branch out, cause I think he is the star out of the brothers. Uh, you need a caliber performer as a Damien priest to help him, probably help him bring him out and to make him. Uh, what uh, Roman Reigns gave him as main event J to be in the main event. And you need someone, I think, of Damian Priest uh, caliber to have people believe that. Yeah, it's interesting that they would they would have the bloodline and, and uh, Judgment Day because they're both Hill factions uh, at the end of the day. But uh, it's definitely going to allow something to cause a stir and, and open up here. And you're right. I mean, the Sami Zayn KO, that's still in the background. And 
you're right again about I did see it where you know he was talking about the Usos and it almost there's a bunch of teases of of is Solo going to attack the Usos like at any given minute like that's still kind of in the background too um I agree with you man I, I do like this it's something super fresh and and for both the Judgment Day and for the Bloodline um because they were doing the edge and the Ray Mysterio. Okay, it's time to get past that now because now we moved on. You know, that's been settled with Ray winning and Edge winning. So uh yeah, man. Isn't it interesting that we have Damian Priest that did not lose at Mania and we have Solo Sakai that did not lose at WrestleMania? I wonder if there's something there that's going to develop between those two. Um, so many options, man. So many options here. So that's a good deal, man. I'm I'm gonna enjoy watching this. Well, you know what else is a good deal? Um, what Vince McMahon got from Endeavor. I know we really haven't talked a lot about Vince McMahon, in which I was wrong when I said months ago he was never going to sell. Well, he sold. And it's so interesting uh, that you know he's going to be uh, on the board, but he has stipulations in his contract of basically uh, making sure that he is in standards of HR policies or could face termination and also that his new role is a two-year deal with if everything goes well and they're liking what they're getting from option for another year what do you think about Vinnie Mac Vincent Candy McMahon the guy who has the 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 cojones of grapefruits having a boss that's very interesting I'll tell you that um yeah, he made a heck of a deal. I mean, he got $9.3 billion, uh, which was much more than that $9 billion he was slated for, for selling the company. And remember, the, st the stakeholders have 49%. Endeavor has 51% of WWE. So it's not a complete 100% takeover. But uh, yeah, man, having Vince McMahon, it just makes sense for that company to want to have a role for him. Um, I mean, he's and he's the one that knows the company inside and out. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, I, I would never thought at, at the end of the day, him not having full control. Um, but I think, you know, as there's a time in everyone's life where things evolve and, and it just sounds like in this stage of the game, it, this is where it needed to evolve. Um, but I'm sure you heard and saw the email or not seen it, but maybe heard of it, but Vince McMahon sent it out to the whole WWE roster and, and reiterated that Paul Levesque, Triple H, has full creative control. Are you buying that? Uh, I believe so. I think uh, how uh, they were trying to word that, that Triple H um, is still in control, but you've heard reports that Vince has been uh, by or close to Gorilla, and I think sometimes he might be, hey, son-in-law, or hey, Paul, what do you think about this? And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but sometimes you may need uh, somebody to help you bring out, like how we talked about Dusty Rhodes, his uh, leadership, his knowledge of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. And, you know, Triple H is still, you know, his first year doing this. He might think something might sound good. And Vince is like, well, what if you do it this way? Just a little bit or this and that, and to help Triple H even be more creative than he thought he could be, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to uh, say, hey, Vince, what do you think about this? 
and go from there. And, and he's like, yeah, yes, no, but again, not trying to sway you. I mean, you're ahead because I do believe that at Triple H, you go into the boys and the girls and tell them, I'm the head of creative. You don't have to worry about anything that he's going to stay true to that. And um, I don't think anybody should be worried other than, you know, when most companies do merge, there are budget cuts. So I am interested to see when this gets finally approved, the sale If are we going to lose any uh, superstars due to budget cuts or due to Endeavor saying like, we need to cut here and there. And um, it's unfortunate, but that's just what happens whenever companies merge together. Yeah. And is there anyone particular that you can just think of top of your head who you think that they would consider cutting at this point? Um, well, you know, they're going to cut in corporate uh, for sure. As far as talent goes, I, I hate to say it, but uh, Mustafa Ali, maybe um, the Maximel models, um, who else? Maybe from the women's division. I hope not Piper Niven. I think she's still a good asset. Um, but Tegan Knox, um, one name I can think of. Maybe they'll cut some from NXT. I don't know. But I would say maybe 15 to, to 30, if I had to guess. And again, I have no inside information. But that's just what happens whenever companies merge and they want to stay in the green or the black, as they say. Yeah, and that's going to come down the pipeline at some point because, yeah, I, we those are some reports surfacing that there could be some talent being cut for sure. Uh, hopefully it's no one big. We don't want to lose anybody. And if they do, hopefully uh, – I mean, if, if they elsewhere. do big, it may be Bray Wyatt again, unfortunately. But him, him coming back, everybody's excited. But if he can't compete like we've talked about plenty of times – it, it it takes a lot to be a WWE superstar. I mean, it takes a toll on your body being on the road. And and if Bray is not in wrestling shape, or maybe he really does have something like when Brock had to retire from UFC because he had that uh, illness and he had to have surgery. So I hope not. I hope Bray stays and he doesn't get cut because I think they could still do a lot of good um, storytelling and magic with him. But we'll have to see in the future. Yeah, no doubt, man. So with that said, um, overall, are you excited or are you looking forward to? Do you think things really do change with UFC and, and the merge of WWE? Do you really uh, just feel like, hey, this is just business as usual? I think it's business as usual. I mean, down the road, maybe two or three years, when you have like these fighters like Asanya or like, what's that guy's name? Colby Colts. Uh, even the guy that just um, retired this past Saturday, what's his name? Masava. They call him the Jesus guy. Oh, yeah. for the UFC. Yeah, he just retired. Do I do I see him trying to come over and doing something down the road? I do. It just makes sense if they can grasp the entertainment part. I mean, that would be huge for WWE. I mean, you've seen it with Ronda Rousey. Um, even when Ken Shamrock way back in the day is coming, you know, from a UFC background, if they can make the transition, there's money to be made. It's just the scheduling. If they can be okay with that. 
And it's smart because you might get the fault. You know, you're going to get a following, you know, people, fans of those uh, fighters, they're going to follow and say, Oh, let's see what they're doing in WWE now. So it's really going to help both companies and, and the company as a whole for sure. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree with you. Hey man, I want to get your thoughts. I know you don't want to talk about the current WCW, AEW, um, but it, we would, I would be remiss not to ask the question of your thoughts because I know you heard that they're going to be doing a big pay-per-view across seas at Wimberley Stadium, and they're comparing it to uh, SummerSlam of 92 when WWE went over there at Wimberley Stadium, you know, 30, 30 years ago. Uh, when Bret Hart fought the British Bulldog. That's right, man. Undertaker, Kamala, you know, they had Nels. Uh, on the card, they had Typhoon Earthquake, list goes on. Virgil was on the card. Uh, actually, one of my favorite pay-per-views um, because of that British Bulldog match and, and Bret Hart. Of course, you had the Ultimate Warrior Macho Man. That was another big one. Um, great pay-per-view. Do you think they can duplicate that? I know that's a silly question, and I, I think I know your answer. Do you think they can duplicate the sellout of SummerSlam 92? Because ultimately, that's what they're striving for. There's a reason why and it's not even just WWE when they went back to the UK or these um, other performers that are in music. There's a reason why they would not try to rent out Wembley Stadium. That stadium is massive. And I think the only way AEW can save face, if I had to guess, Maybe they do 60K, maybe, but then they would have to make the the way uh, WWE's WrestleMania with the big stage and things like that um, to take up some of the area for them. But I, I, I don't know if they'll get 60K. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, this is a risk for them and uh, speculation. It's, it's around CM Punk coming back, which, um, they know what they're doing as far as that, um, and it may buy them back because CM Punk may have made his forgiveness, but at the end of the day, I think CM Punk is just in business for himself. And um, I, 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 I think this is not a good move for them. But again, um, it's on that other con to see what he can do. And um, he might be disappointed with the numbers. I mean, or he may shock me, but at the same token, it's the WWE is a machine. And I don't think they have the popularity yet to even of uh, uh, TNA back in the day when Hogan Booker uh, Steiner were out there to uh, get enough fans to go to that event. Well, Hogan wasn't even on that card at SummerSlam. No, no, no. I'm talking about. I don't see AEW as when TNA was had all those wrestlers. Oh, I'm sorry. Like all them were down there, and TNA was supposed to be a little bit better. And they couldn't even fill the Alamo Dome. TNA had a big pay per view, and for them, it it was successful. Had about twenty eight thousand people at the Alamo Dome, but it wasn't WWE sixty, you know, seventy thousand people at all. And, and that's what I'm saying is they have they haven't had the years uh to build their stars uh because a lot of their stars are ex WWE guys 
and they're not really trying to create their own stars from their development. And I think that's what hurts them and why I can't watch that product because um, some of the wrestling's not good. I mean, just like I sent our, our popular guy, Mimo, where he said, Bret Hart, stop watching it because Dean Ambrose was fighting some guy and he's using a fork. I mean, not Dean Ambrose, John Moxley trying to make him blood. He's like, that's not wrestling. And to me, the AEW wants to be blood, like almost like death matches all the time. And if you're trying to do that just to make blood, you're not trying to tell a story. You're like, oh, someone's bleeding. Oh, someone's bleeding. You have five five to six matches and everybody bleeds in, uh, on the whole show. Like that that's not entertainment. That's not telling a story. So no, I, I don't think they're going to sell it out. I agree. That's a 90,000 capacity uh, stadium. And that is just the arena, right? That's not even the floor seating. There's no way they have the caliber of a lineup as the 92 SummerSlam. Uh, do I think the current WWE even could do that? No, I, I honestly don't. I, I it's gonna be it would be close because of this great storytelling, but man, you're talking about um you know, if you're talking about seating on the ground and everything, I mean, I would imagine it'd be easy 110. 110,000 people. I, I think WWE could potentially do it, especially with, with the, how good it's been in, you know, lately, but yeah, man, AEW, I'm thinking they're lucky to get 30, 40,000 at most. And only because there's so many wrestling fans over there and they don't get to have those live events um, like they do in the States that we've talked about. And I think that's the only reason, not because of the talent uh, for sure, but, well, yeah, but say, I'm, I'm interested a little bit just to kind of see. Yeah, but you know how the fans are in the UK, and if it's a terrible product, they they could hijack the show and say this is boring or whatever because, you know, UK fans are known to express their opinions. That's why it's so beautiful during WrestleMania season because you have people from all over the world. So this could backfire on them if they don't put on a, a product that to the standards of the UK's uh, fan base. Hey, you know who will put on uh, a great standard product? And that's the WWE when they do Money in the Bank. And you, my friend, had told me uh, there could be a potential uh, front runner for winning that thing. I thought it was Cody because a couple weeks back I was thinking, okay, he lost it. This could be his his triumph of he won the Rumble. And then he goes on to win the Money in the Bank. I don't think that's ever been done, by the way. Um, but you, my friend, have somebody else in mind winning that thing. Well, let me talk to you right now. Now I'm just playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mr. L.A. Knight. Uh, there is uh, rumblings that he could uh, be the uh, person to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. And, I mean, this would just be huge for him. I mean, he's over with the fans, um, and he's put in the work. I don't like how they have him on the losing streak, especially losing to Xavier Woods and prior to that. But – um. I think Triple H needs to be like, yeah, this is one of my next guys that's going to uh, potentially be a main eventer in a year or two because fans do love him. But, yeah, so that's early rumors that I'm hearing. I mean, who knows? It still could be Cody, but would I like to see LA Knight? Of course, he'd probably go for the the United States title uh, since since Austin Theory had did it since nobody wants to uh, go after Roman Reigns. Uh, so, yeah, but again – we still got to get through backlash. Um, 
before we even get to London for uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah, that's not until July 1st. And, you know, the only reason I brought it up, of course, is it was that tie-in of the UK. Um, and that's going to be at the O2 Arena. So um, I think that I think the WWE is going to do a phenomenal job uh, with that premium line event when they hit overseas. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Backlash coming at you at uh, in May uh, in Puerto Rico. Um, do we still see Bad Bunny maybe taking on Dominic? Is that something we could still potentially see? I think it's going to be a tag match. I think it's going to be Dom and Damien versus Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio. Uh, yeah, if I'm not, the, down hopefully the main event for Puerto Rico, but it could be the um, match before the main event. Well, cool, man. Do you think we could get a a, a Carlito signing or the Primo and Epico? I think that needs to happen. Well, in the business, they always say never say never. So we got to wait. That would be fun. That would be cool. Well, anything else you want to wrap up before we uh, head on into the sunset of episode 35? Uh, you got your schedule. Is it good? Do we I know think, what we're doing next week? I think we're good. I think I know exactly where I'm going to be next Monday recording once again for episode 36. You heard that, fans. Uh, he said. So let's see if he holds uh, true to fruition. <laughs> Well, between now and then, guys, we appreciate you being patient. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. And this is wrapping things up for episode 35. And we will catch you down the road with Big Kev and Fanboy Dave. See ya! See ya.